0: So I want, to, I want to start by talking to you about the king. And uh, we're going to get to a scripture in a moment. But, but number one, there has to be a king. It was, it was grey. Um, the sun was still on its way up. It was uh, early morning. I was driving down the main street of Atherton. And I'd turn around that roundabout there past McDonald's. And, and uh, I was driving along past the police station. And on the radio, the ABC News radio radio, I hear the radio announcer talking about King Charles. And in my mind, I'm going, King Charles. King Charles. I don't know a King Charles. King Charles. King Charles. You know how fast your brain works? Now, not all of us. And not all at the same time. But you know how your brain's cataloging through going, there's a pigeonhole for this information. This, this goes somewhere. Do you, do you, do your, does your brain do that? Mine just gone scatter all the time. And so it's sort of looking for a way to, to grab hold of the information and make sense of that, will you? Don't. And I'm going, King Charles, King Charles. And they kept on talking about this King Charles. I'm thinking, oh, who is this King Charles? And after a few minutes, I'm almost out of Athena by this time, going up the range, up the hill there towards Tolga. It doesn't take me long. Uh, I hear that Queen Elizabeth's died. And then I go, Elizabeth, she's got a son called Charles. Elizabeth's dead. And I'm thinking, you know what? Someone has to be king. Someone has to be king. And in this great Christmas narrative, this great Christmas story, this idea of. A king being born keeps coming up because, point one, someone has got to be king. It's true that we will either find a king or we will make ourself a king. But for all of us, it's true that someone has got to take the throne. Someone's got to be in that king position. And we try as a society and as a planet to try to find someone worthy to sit on that throne of king. But this story of Christmas is ancient and repeated because across the planet, billions of people have found the reality of this one born in a manger. This lowly child of Bethlehem actually is more than that. And let's continue with his story. Number two, Isaiah the prophet, he... Lived thousands, sorry, hundreds of years, almost a thousand years before Jesus was born. But he spoke. He he forecast. He 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 announced before his birth, hundreds of years before his birth, the uniqueness of this king that was to be born. He said in his in chapter nine, we read in Isaiah chapter nine, it's on the screen. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders. His name shall be called. Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. I mean, those names give us an indication of who he is and who he is to be. And Isaiah said, of the increase of his government and of, say it with me, of his peace, there will be no end. And on the throne of David, over his kingdom, to establish it, to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth forevermore. And the zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. Isaiah saw down through time this one who was to be born, this Messiah, this promised one who was coming and wrote of him and spoke about his kingdom. Well, what does a kingdom need if not a king? And this king and his kingdom is marked by something completely other and different to all the kingdoms that have been before or since or exist at this time. The thing that marks the kingdom of Jesus is this incredibly thing, the incredible thing that's lacking on the planet today, and that is peace. I mean, all of us have been up in a home this morning where even in kind of Christian homes, we've struggled. <laughs> we've struggled to get through what we needed to do. Don't sit there and look all righteous at me. We struggle to get here on time and look pretty and be happy, right? Because why? The human tendency is to get away from, to slip away from this thing that we all search for, this thing called peace. Number three, we're building a case here. Number three, the wise men, the magi, the kings from the Orient who had seen the star, who understood that something significant was happening and they came seeking They came seeking not a poet. They came seeking not an engineer. They came seeking not a singer. They came seeking not a dancer. They they came seeking not an intellectual. They came seeking a, a king. They knew that somebody that was going to rule had been born and they came following the direction that they had. It's interesting the things that lead you to Jesus. Isn't it amazing? I heard about one guy that said yes to Jesus after his dog barked. You want to hear that story, right? You want to hear that story, right? I mean, I can't leave you hanging, right? I mean, it's Christmas. I've got to give you a gift. A friend of mine, a friend of mine got to a desperate point in his life. He, he, he had been taught as a child in various settings that there was a God. But he never had a relationship with him. He never had a connection with him. In his frustration, in the middle of the night, he went out on his back porch and he called out to the sky. He said, God, if you're real, <laughs> make my dog bark. wolf. One woof and the dog was silent. That day, Scott made his peace with God. It was a key that opened his heart. It's astonishing things. That people will do in their search to find God. Have you ever prayed weird prayers? God, if you, if you'll get me out of this, if, if, if we make vows and promises and rash commitments, God, if you're lonely. And how many of our fathers and grandfathers went to war and prayed prayers in trenches and said, God, if you ever get me out of this, when I get home, I'm going to live for you. Can I get a witness here? Can I get a testimony here? These wise men followed the star because they were looking for a king because there has to be a king. Somebody has got to be king. We get further into Jesus' life and we come to point number four. It's a moment in time where we actually get one of these summary sentences from Jesus. where someone asks of him, why are you here? Who are you and what are you about? And before Pilate, who was a Roman official at the time, Pilate said to him, are you a king then? And Jesus answered and said, you rightly say I am a king for this cause I was born. You see, Jesus was born with a cause, with a purpose. And every believer, every follower of this king lives with a cause lives for something greater than themselves. They've got the capacity to go through difficulty because of the cause that is in their life. They are living for something bigger and greater than themselves because there there has to be a king. There's got to be a king. This king said, I was born with a cause. There was a reason. There was a purpose. There was an agenda to me coming. Here it is. I've come into the world that I should bear witness to truth. And everyone who hears my voice, everyone who hears my voice is of the truth. Now, that's a real challenge, isn't it? That's a real challenge. Truth. That's the quest of the day. And we look at a world so divided and everyone has got their own truth. What a strange thing. What a strange thing for you to have a truth and for me to have a truth. Does two plus two still equal four? This is my truth. That's your truth. What an interesting dilemma. Biden, he's the good one. Trump, he's the bad one. Biden, he's the bad one. Trump, he's the good one. Ukraine, they're the victims. Russia, they're the aggressors. And we're all divided up on the lines of whichever side we see the truth at. There's a slide I'd like the guys to move on to. Number five. Jesus says this He says, This is the cause for which I came into the world to bear witness, to bring witness to the truth. Jesus goes on to say that He's more than just speaking truthfully, that He more than just tells the truth. He literally says of Himself, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Pilate is about to say in this conversation with Jesus, he's going to say, so what is truth? Imagine that. A man in authority. A man with the control of the destiny of thousands, the direction of a nation. Asking that question. And all of us have got to settle that in our heart. Which truth? Whose truth? Or the truth? The next slide gives us an interesting illustration. And I like this image because it helps us to understand that from our vantage point, yeah, from our perspective, at times we can see things that are true. But you've got to take a different vantage point to see the whole picture. Oftentimes, two people who are arguing have got more in common than they realize. That's good advice for marriage. That's great. That's great. That's great comfort for family. That oftentimes, the thing that we are bickering about or arguing about is very much just a, a, just a, a matter of perspective. I'm seeing it this way now. You know. Um, this year, this Christmas time, families across our nation are going to literally carry the grief and wounds of people whose lives have concluded before their time. And we've got pandemic in Australia of, of, of taking life terminally. Can I say it like that? Because the truth of my depression, the truth of my despair is all I can see right now. But that's the great message of Christmas that a King has come to bring peace into our hearts, into our minds, into our lives. And there's never been a time where we didn't need as a body of people to stand up and say, there is peace. There is wisdom. There is truth. There is a way and there's a life to be lived and it's found in the person of Jesus Christ. The church needs to say it loudly, cleanly, crisply and clearly and repeatedly that Jesus Christ has come and He is the King, the Saviour born to us. For this cause I was born. This is the reason I've come into the world, that I would bear witness to the truth. And everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. Now, I've got to say this because we're coming to point number six, that hearing the voice of God is a tricky thing. Some people hear voices, and I don't mean to be unkind or to, or to in any way um, um, be disrespectful to people going through difficult experiences physically, mentally, and emotionally. But you know what? Every one of us have got voices in our mind, pressure points in our head, accusations from the enemy, slander and criticism and negative talk from other people, and our own insecurities speaking inside of us. Can I get a witness here? Is that, is that how it works for us? As human beings, we're, we're trapped in this body, but inside, stuff's going on. It's, there's all this noise happening up in here, and we all hear voices. But there's one voice we've got to train ourselves to listen to. Did you hear what I said? There's one voice that we've got to train, to discipline ourselves to listen for, because that's the voice of truth. If we listen to the voice of the accuser, all we'll get is lies. If we listen to the voice of public opinion, all we'll get is peer pressure. If we listen to the voice of fans, all we'll get is pride. But if we listen to the voice of Jesus, we're going to get reason, and we're going to get hope, and we're going to get truth. The thing about truth is that it's really inconvenient. (laughs) It's really. First, it'll make you angry. That's truth. First, it'll make you angry. But then it'll give you direction. If you don't get angry sometimes, it's because you're probably not hearing the truth. I like to put myself into environments that actually make me stop and look. I like people to get in front of me and go, just hang on a minute. And God's given me that incredible gift in the person of my wife. (laughs) and my parents, <laughs> and our leaders, and my mentors. I want to surround my, people, my life with people who say, hang on a minute, that's just the way you're feeling right now. That's not the whole picture. Can I get a witness here today? Yeah. If you want to hear the voice, here's a few things. You ready to write this down? I asked you to come today so you'd take notes of this. If you want to hear the voice, you've got to be humble. You've got to have Humility. Because without humility, you can't get the grace of God. God resists the proud, but He gives. What does He do? He gives. He gives grace to the humble. So if you want this Messiah born in a manger, this epitome of humility, if you want His wisdom in your life, if you want this King in your heart, then you've got to take on the disposition of a, humble person. You've got to say, well, I don't know everything. I I need to be taught. I want to receive what you've got for me. You've got to be sincere. Number two, you've got to be sincere. You go, yeah, God, if you want to talk to me, I'll be listening. That's not sincerity. That's not treating him the way that he deserves. Number three, it's going to cost you time. It's going to cost you time to hear his voice. And I know and you know that God has spoken to you in random moments, right? you've been rushing somewhere and suddenly God just said, hang on, has that ever happened to you? Yeah, yeah. But mostly it's because we spend time. The scripture says that when you seek me with all of your heart, that's when I will be found of you. Number three, number four, it's inconvenient. When God speaks, it almost always interrupts you. And aren't you glad for the interruptions of God? The suddenly of God intervening in a situation sometimes as Abram found out, he had a knife in the air and suddenly a voice that speaks. And that's what we need in our life to be able to be interrupted by God. Number five, it's costly. When God speaks, it's going to cost you something. Oh, I wish God would speak to me. Really? Really? Because when He speaks, guess what? There's going to be a cost. There's All the disciples said, It's true. It's true. I just want Him to tell me that He loves me. He does, but He loves you too much to let you be a wretch. He wants to raise you to be righteous. And that takes work. And that's inconvenient. And that's costly. And number 17, it's transforming. When you hear the voice of God, it's, what is it? It's transforming. It's transforming. You know, as we join together along with I don't know how many other hundreds of millions of people as this day goes around the world, as we come together to remember this moment. Was Jesus born on the 25th of December? It's unlikely. Well, we shouldn't celebrate it. It's unlikely. (laughs) We're going to choose one day and we're going to mark this day as a day of remembrance. And we're going to celebrate And I want to bring you as we close to this one scripture. It's in the Gospel of Luke. And I just love this verse. I just love this verse. Today, your Savior. Today, your Savior. I don't know what you need salvation from today, but I'm telling you this, that the Savior that was born 2,000 years ago is still here and able to save today. It doesn't matter what you're faced with. It doesn't matter how big your challenge is. It doesn't matter how far away you feel. That Saviour was so desperate for you that He came. He came then and He will come now. Today, the Saviour, and who is He? Lord Messiah. He is born unto us. Now we celebrate the birth of Jesus But we also celebrate when Jesus is born in people's hearts and is carried in their life and lived out through their lives. And that, that is the meaning and the message of Christmas. That is the mission of Jesus. Destiny, today, go and be Jesus in your world, in your family. This week, find somebody to express the life, peace, love, and truth of Jesus. As the scripture says, we've got to speak the truth in love. So let let love be our motivation as we bear witness to this glorious event that Christ the Savior is born. Let's stand together. Father, we are so thankful that we can gather with freedom, with joy, with peace, with gratitude as we celebrate the wonderful gift of Jesus it has transformed and it continues to transform the planet we thank you for the power of the message that has been entrusted to us to stand and boldly proclaim with our life with our expressions and with our words our actions the reality of the King, whose kingdom we're a part of and whose kingdom we proclaim, let the grace and peace and truth and beauty of all of your goodness, Lord, radiate through your kingdom, through your church, through your people. Let us be the message that our generation needs as we proclaim Christ, Savior, Messiah, born is come and is living is resident and is reigning in and through our lives to the glory of God and somebody said amen. amen amen family the Lord bless you may the peace and joy of Christmas and God's blessing be richly upon you have a great day and I win the bet because we're leaving before 10 a.m. <laughs> going God's love family God bless you